0: so hello everyone um hope you guys have been doing well it's been a long time since i've seen you so just for today uh i'm not gonna speak for a long time i'm just gonna share a little bit um, when i was kind of asked to share take a devotion tonight i didn't know what to say but i remembered a little kind of study that i did um on the idea of thirst in the Bible and that's it would be pretty cool to share tonight and it's pretty relevant to what we're all going through at the moment so I'll get right into it um what I want to address today is the way in which God can use our shortcomings and the way that he can use our desperate seasons to glorify himself and to demonstrate um, his providence for us um I'll be I'm basically going to go through four points um and we'll just have some time for discussion and talking about them much better after that so firstly, um when we think of desperation, it's really a sign of the times for us at the moment, you know it underlined underlies so much of what we go through and the patterns of our world um. You know just you know the unusual the once in a lifetime experience of living through a pandemic um, we're seeing everyone in different situations that people are really being pushed to the to the edge you know people are desperate mentally, people are desperate financially um spiritually on so many levels you know. I find that desperation is something that we all deal with and it underlines so much of what we live and deal with. You know, a lot of the problems in our world and in the Bible, when you actually look into them, you'll find that desperation is somewhere in the root. So somewhere, some an issue like say sex and everything that can come, all the all the issues that can come out of it, you know. If you look into it, it's all about desperation for connection or for power. Stuff like politics, you know, is it um, desperation for acknowledgement or recognition? And even good things, you know, such as our careers, stuff that we care about. Um, it's It could be deep down, it could be just about getting approval or status uh, before others. Um, or something like love, even love, you know, something that you never think is bad we can actually, at the root of that, we can just be looking for love as a way to fulfill a holiness that we have inside of us. So, um, yeah, it's just good to start by recognizing that there's so many things in our lives that we might not see, but underneath them, um, it's something that we're desperate for. It's something that we deeply need to fulfill and if we go the wrong way about it um, a lot of the issues that we're going to go through now come on so when we take a christian um, perspective on this the christian point of view doesn't actually reject the idea that we're imperfect um, or desperate because we have some sort of deficiency in us but it actually just rejects the it just rejects the way that the world tends to go about this deficiency. So going back to that idea of thirst, which is the way I'm just going to, I'm going to go through today, you know, the theme of desperation. Um, I'm going to read th- through two scriptures from the Old Testament, and we'll just see what it has to say about this theme. Um. So the first bit I'm going to read is from Judges 15, 14 to 19. If anyone wants to pull it up, you can. If you don't, that's right, I'll read it. So it says, The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, him being Samson. Um, Mm -hmm. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped off his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, with a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. Um, with a donkey's jawbone, I've killed a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was called something. I can't say. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, you have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi, and water came out. When Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. So the spring was called something else I read, and it is still there till today. I'm going to read the second um, passage from Exodus 17, and I want you guys to just notice the similarity between um, those two accounts. So this is, you know, talking about the Israelites when they were leaving Egypt. It goes, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night, the Lord drove back to sea with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through a sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and their left. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at somewhere, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why don't you put the Lord to the test? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children and our lives die first?" And Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me." The Lord answered Moses and said, go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff which you struck in the mm-hmm. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and the water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in their sight, uh, in the sight of the elders. So basically, just recapping if you zoned out, because sometimes I tend to do that. There's Samson. He's in a battle, and I don't know why it's a jawbone, but he managed to kill a thousand people with it. But now, after doing that, that great display of strength, his thirst is completely weakening him, and he's kind of collapsing from the inside. He can't. He's so thirsty, and he turns to God, and he's gonna die. on The other hand, um, the Israelites, God divide. he split the sea for them, and they walk through it they cross it they're safe but because they're thirsty because they need water they think they're gonna die and that's a crisis you know even though there was a display of strength from God same as Mo, uh, Samson they still think they're alone they're so just a couple of things to take away from these two and just comparing them the first thing is in both of those scriptures, we see that um, we're actually reminded at the start of both that mm-hmm. God's faithful. So God um, was there, and these characters in those two stories they weren't without proof that God um, was looking after them. You know, the Israelites—they've um, just had God split the Red Sea for them, and for Samson, he was given strength to—not that it was new strength, but he was given strength to kill all these people that were coming to him. So it kind of goes to highlight the fact that it's not God that was absent and hence these people felt like they were abandoned. It's that God was there, but it highlights the fact that it was actually his people's unfaithfulness or their lack of faith that kind of creates the problem. Um, Another point is that, in both those stories, the suffering invites questioning of God. Um, so, you know, in Samson's story, you know, he's suffering, he's thirsty, and kind of he just asks God, you know, did you make me fight all these guys so I could die in the hands of the circumcised? Like, why did you do that? Or the Israelites, they kind of ask God, did you bring us all this way? You should seek and abandon us now, forsake us now, and we'll die in front of them. Is this some sort of cruel experiment? Like, what? Why are you doing this? And what's significant about that in the Bible is that we actually relate to that. I feel like personally, when things like that happen to me, um, that's how I approach God. It's instinct for me to, you know, start questioning God um, when I'm suffering. However, this is not the biblical standard for us. You know, this is not the standard that we're made to follow. This part of the story is not there so we can copy them and then go, would you, you know, pull me through so I can get bored. I don't know. Um, what happens next in both these stories is actually the standard that the stories is setting for us. So um, they both cry out to the Lord. And that's the key part. They cry out to the Lord in their thirst, in their moment of desperation, in their moment of weakness where, you know, Samson, you know, for all his physical strength that he could have had, I feel like thirst is a very appropriate way to display his weakness because it still reminds him that, you know, you're imperfect in in and of yourself. And in their moment of, they're in their lowest moment, they cry out to the Lord, both of them. And God's response to that is that he delivers replenishment from a place where it shouldn't come. You know, for the Israelites, um, Moses was told to strike a rock and water will come out of it, which doesn't usually happen when you strike a rock. And the same thing for Samson. He, God opened up a hollow place and water came out i think the significance of that in both these stories is saying that despite them being in a moment of despair they came to the lord and god made it very clear that it was from him that he was you know providing once again because that doesn't usually happen and this really goes to reflect the verse in second corinthians that says um, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness so when to God with our weakness, with our desperate situation, God's grace is actually made perfect in that situation. This brings me to my next point, and that is when we take a look at this concept kind of in the New Testament, Jesus was fully God and fully human, and he demonstrated his suffering by reducing himself to a place of desperation something he brought himself down from heaven to the situation that we experience and his demeanor through that or his response through his time on earth and through his suffering is actually the perfect example for us um, to take on during our suffering so personally i always had the idea i had an issue with the idea that when you know when you're in sunday school not so, or youth, or younger, or whatever. And the speaker would always say kind of like, you know, come to Jesus with, or come to God with your issues. for him your impatience or your desperation or what scares you. Because he was human and he felt it too. And, you know, while I heard that and logically, like, I understood it, it just didn't make sense to me that God would relate to a weakness that I have when he doesn't have any weaknesses. It just didn't get through to me. Like, to me, it was a wishy-washy kind of way of saying, um, you know, God loves you and he cares about you, so just tell him and he'll get it. However, when I was just going through this theme and I was just looking through what the Bible has to say about it, I found it really interesting, um, the little bit of scripture we're going to go through now. And you'll see why. So, um, you know, the famous scene where Jesus is being crucified and he's in the process of giving up his life. um, In John 19, in verse 28, it actually says, um, so Jesus says, he's on the cross, knowing that everything had been, no, yeah, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. To me, when I read that, you know, it goes to show that the same desperation um, that, you know, his people felt all along these years, you know, the Israelites, and I'm sure there's many accounts. It's an interesting, it's a nice, like, poetic way to reflect that the same um, desperation that they felt was reflected in Jesus on the cross because um, he too was thirsty. But relating to the part before I was saying, you know, I don't see how you can come to Jesus and say, you know, explain to him why you're desperate and how you're feeling. Um, Jesus actually responded the same way in his thirst or his moment of desperation, the same way that the Israelites did and the same way that Samson did and the same way I would, and I'm sure many of us would. Um, just a few verses, you know, or a few moments later, um, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I feel like in the same way they, the people suffering invited questioning of God, Jesus also had that natural instinct to second against God and his intention, not and that, you know, that to me makes him that much more relatable and that much more human. But, um, Jesus's response or Jesus' demeanor, despite, um, that, you know, moment of weakness is actually a perfect example. So I feel like despite his suffering, um, Jesus said, your will be done and he let God turn his test into a testimony that went on to change the world. So in a way, Jesus, his response to suffering and his response to desperation is our perfect example. It's not about not acknowledging the suffering. It's not about um, kind of being stoic and just powering through it. You know, mind it's okay to not understand it's okay to you know hurt or grief or be confused or be feel all the emotions you know be angry but what is you know the idea what is the biblical goal that we are aim for is to just trust in God and through you know it is just to um let God through a moment of suffering when we bring it to him let him um you know demonstrate his grace or demonstrate his provision for us through that this brings me to my final point and i'm almost done um and it's that christ is the only source that can actually fulfill any sort of desperate um need that we have you know whatever thirst we feel like we have in our life whatever stronghold there is um whatever it may be Christ is actually the only thing that can actually fulfill it. None of the stuff I was saying at the start, none of the money, whatever, relationships, none of that can actually fulfill it. And when I was thinking of this point, I remembered um, another really famous theme where Jesus was. Passing through Samaria, and he was thirsty, and he went to a well, and he met this Samarian woman at the well, and he knew before he talked to her that she was living with a need, a first desperation to be accepted, and she was looking for that to fulfill that in many marriages you know, and she was living at that point with a man who she wasn't even married to. So. She looked for acceptance in all these different relationships, and yet she still seemed to that when he told her that he can offer her. You know, God, uh, Jesus was saying to her that only he can provide that, like, living water that can, um, you know, that doesn't run dry, and that the um, person who drinks it never thirsts again. And I feel like that's a reminder for us to just remember that um, whatever feeling we have, whatever craving we feel that we need, only Christ can fulfill it. So, um, yeah, and one more point that I had about this is that actually, you know, the Sumerian woman, she was, was, you know, needing acceptance, Mm -hmm. but, Jesus actually used that shortcoming of hers when he met her at the, the well, and he ended up using her to spread the news in her town. She had found something that was that significant that she went and told everyone she didn't care. So, just going back to the idea that in our shortcomings or in our aspirations, um, whatever season that is, God can actually demonstrate um his love for us if we bring it to him and we put it before him in prayer, and i think why that is relevant for all of us at the moment is that if we you know look around us a lot of us are going through the same battle um you know being stuck at home being feeling like we're not moving feeling like our life is just paused and whatever mental problems that you know can bring up which is you know extremely valid. And aside from that common um you know issue that we're having, we're all going through our personal issues, you know, we're all going through our personal hardships. And I just wonder what God could do with us if we bring it to him, you know, if we put it before him and say, um, you know, just cry out to the Lord like these people did and like Jesus did. Cry out to the Lord and just say like that your will be fun and how I can turn whatever season we're individually in into a testimony for us to one day share with other people.